Thanks for joining us at Faith. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and draws you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service or find out more about the church, visit faith.church. That's faith.church. Hey, y'all, you know, we've already welcomed them, but can we just take a moment and welcome those joining us from Jeff Jail? We love you. We believe in you. We're so grateful you're part of our family. And then can we welcome everyone else joining us online from your homes? Gosh, we love you so much. I hope you feel that today. I hope you know that. Come on, give it up for them one more time. We love you. We love you. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much for, for coming today, expecting God to meet with you. We are continuing this series that's called Anchored, and we're looking at the promises of God and anchoring our life through them because it's important you anchor yourself during difficult times. And I think we can all say, listen, we have all walked through some difficult times. We're continuing to to journey through them, not only as us individually, but for us um, as a nation and really us as a world. And it's important that we understand during these times, you can begin to, to wane a little bit in your faith. You can begin to think, my gosh, what is happening? Man, the house is on fire. What in the world is going on? And you need to know something that God has put things in his word to anchor you through every difficult situation. They're promises that rightfully belong to you. Now, everybody just, just humor me today. Say, they belong to me. I want you to say that today because sometimes we think, well, no, they belong to somebody else. Oh, no, they, they belong to somebody that's more spiritual than me. No, they belong to this particular group of people. But you need to know something. As a follower and a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ, every promise in the word of God belongs to you. It is an anchor for your life. And I titled the series Anchored because The early church, the symbol for Christianity in the early church was an anchor. It wasn't a cross. It was an anchor. It was the anchor, the drawing of an anchor was found in catacombs. It was found in places that Christians were hiding. Christians were running for their lives as their friends had been eaten by lions or burned at the stake as they huddled in in certain rooms in certain areas to, to, to seek God together, they would, they would many times draw a symbol of an anchor, which meant through any storm, through any pain, through any frustration, God has me anchored. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it through. Whether they take my body or not, I'm going to make it through because, because the anchor is an anchor for our soul. Jesus is an anchor for our soul. And today, being Father's Day, I want to talk to men and fathers. I want to talk to you about God's divine call on your life. And I want you to be anchored to this because you're going to face difficulties that you're going to have to lead through. And you're you're going to have to step in your role as a man or as a father to lead as a man of God. And so if you're a father today, I believe God wants to encourage you. I also want to acknowledge that fathers, you carry weights that Many people don't even know about. You carry things in your heart and your mind that you don't express to your family, nor do you express to another man because that's just how we are. We're dumb sometimes. We don't do that. We keep it all in. And God wants to encourage you today. And you need to know this, that there is a calling on your life, men. There's a calling. God has 
selected you and picked you and he's placed his hand on you. What it means simply to have the call of God on your life is this. It means a person with a divine task given by God to carry out on this earth. And if you're a man, if you're a father, God has a divine task for you. Yes, there is a divine task and call on women and mothers, but today I want to talk to men. So if you're a father, I want to encourage you. If you've had a father in your life, I believe that you're going to have a a greater appreciation for him after this message. If you haven't had a father, I believe this is going to give you strength and remind you of your heavenly father and how much he loves you and fill that void in your heart. If you're a woman raising young boys and girls alone, my hope is that you would be greater equipped after this to meet their needs in the way that God's called you to meet them. If you're a wife of a father, I pray you see your husband in a different light today. If you're a man and do not have children, I pray you leave this place with a desire to be a father to others around you. Whether they're your children or not, God's call and divine call is still on your life. If you're a single woman looking to get married, then you can leave here with characteristics you want to find in a man or leave here and know you need to dump the man that you're with, okay? We are desperate for fathers in our society. We're desperate for men to walk out what God's called us to do. We live in a world that constantly assaults and degrades masculinity. It devalues the strength that is characteristics given by God to man. The courage of the man. In many ways, we live in a world that celebrates the opposite of what it means to be a man. Media betrays fathers and and sometimes men as bumbling idiots, weak, incapable, stupid. Or there's the other side of the spectrum, what media or entertainment portrays men as, as controlling, forceful, selfish, and degrading. But I hope you understand today that an earthly media or social media or a blog or movements do not articulate what a real man is. The Word of God does because it's true. Because we were made in the image of God. Because God has a a, a plan and a place for you in this world to carry out a divine call. And so when society begins portraying the definition of a father by how they communicate. Now listen, we get messages all the time, everywhere we turn, what this should be like, what sexuality should be like, what, what men should be like, what women should be like. We get them all the time. It'd be foolish of us to think that somehow it doesn't affect us. It'd be foolish of us to think somehow it doesn't affect how children respond to fathers and fathers respond to children and, and wives respond to men. It'd be foolish because it does affect us. That's why we need to have the Word of God in our life that cleanses our minds and reminds us of who we are. But when society betrays the definition of masculinity, fatherhood, in a certain way, it's natural that it brings confusion to God's role of a father and a man on this earth. It also brings confusion to the church. And as Christian men and fathers, I believe that we, it's what I believe, that we should set the standard for what It looks like to be a man and a father in today's world. I actually believe that. 
I believe that the world should be looking to the church to find out why Christian families are prospering. And as they dig a little deeper, they're going to find out it's an engaged father that is humble and strong and walks out his faith in Jesus Christ. I believe families will prosper when fathers are released. I believe the earth will prosper when men are encouraged to be men of God and the men of God that God's called them to be. Now, I know today, I know this, there are many different personalities, and I'm not generalizing a personality. What I want to do is look at, look at principles in Scripture that however God has called you to walk these principles out, you do it within the person in whom God has made you to be. But God's called you to be a man of God. I wrestled over this message. I thought, you know what? I, because on Sundays, I'm always thinking, what is a word that can, that can connect with so many people that's a wide net that people can be ministered to? But I felt like the Lord wanted me to speak to men today. And so I want God to do something in our midst. And we're going to look at some of the characteristics of God as a father. Also, we're going to look at that example that he said, how we can carry that out as men. And the first call of God for men in Scripture is, number one, you're called to be a watchman. You're called to be a watchman. Back in the ancient days, cities had walls around them. And there were strategic people, men, who were placed on that wall to look out for danger. We find this passage, or it, it's speaking about a watchman in Isaiah 62. It says, I have set watchmen on your walls. And this is particular around the city of Jerusalem, that they're never going to hold peace day or night. And who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silence. So there's, a, there's, a, um, there's activity of watchmen. There's the intentionality of watchmen. They're, they're looking, they're watching, they're, they're thinking, they're processing. Also in Nehemiah, they were building, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Enemies were coming against them. And the Bible says that they set watchmen on the wall. So the role of a man and a father in the family is to watch out for those within his care. Also, this is about realizing, now hear me today. This is about you realizing that there are real enemies in this world. It's about real enemies in this world. And so before I get further into this, I just want to speak to something I've sensed in my heart. I'm, I'm going to ask you not to use these principles as something, as a judgment against a man in your life. I'm also going to ask you as men to not see these as, as things that remind you of where you've fallen short. I think if we could just get over all of this, everybody take a number. We've all fallen short, okay? Amen? What, what, but what we want is for God to remind us of who we are and then give us the grace to come to that place to be who God has called us to be. Today is about us hearing the call of God and then responding to it as he speaks to us. God's call on your life as a man is to be a watchman, is to be protective. God's man who is submitted under, under him is concerned with your well-being. He's concerned about your life. A watchman can have different, different voices, actually, different functions at certain times, depending on what stage of life you are in. For, for a dad, a watchman as a dad over a family, it can sound like this to your children. Hey, um, where are you going tonight? What time are you going to be home? Who's going to be there? Tell me about your friend. 
Is he a Christian? Does he go to church? Whose house are you going to? Son, I know she is good looking, but does she love Jesus? Sweetheart, I, listen, I know he's, he's popular and a lot of other girls like him, but um, how many other girls has he dated this year? Where does he go to church? Have you ever heard him talk about Jesus? Tell me about his parents. You know what that is? That's the voice of a watchman over his children. Why would a father ask this? Because he, he wants to, he's watching over them because it's his role. And a watchman pays attention to what's influencing his loved ones within his home or within his family. He watches over the internet. He watches over the media that they allow into their minds. He watches over social media. He watches over the entertainment that they allow to speak to them and shape them. And listen, we are living, we are in the world but not of it. And, and what we allow ourselves, what we allow to entertain us will end up influencing us. A watchman watches over and protects kids and children. He protects them because many times they don't protect themselves because they're young, because they're immature. A watchman, now some of your kids might get uncomfortable, goes into their rooms and knows what's under their beds, knows what's in the the top sock drawer, knows what's in the corner of the closet because him and his wife talk through some of these things. They know what's on their phone. And listen, fathers, right now you think, yes, but you know, what about, what about privacy? Listen, if your kids want absolute privacy, then they can pay rent. But until then, you're the watchman over them. God has put you, he's called you in the place that says to the enemy, I don't think so. If you want them, you got to get through me first. Because I'm the watchman of my family. The man stands guard and watches over them. This is why the Bible calls the man the head. And in our our world, and politically correct world, you can't say this and you can't do that. Listen, I, I, I can say whatever's in the Bible. So in 1 Corinthians, it says this about the man. I want you to realize that the man is, is uh, the head of the man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Well, Jason, that's, that's, that's sexist. No, it's biblical. And it's just something you need to understand. It's how God set it up in the garden of, uh, in, from the beginning. And listen, before we, we, we get bent out of balance about what it means to be the head, this is what it means. It means you're recovering for them. It's a responsibility. This is a protection structure that God set up for the home. God is the ultimate watchman over the home. He's the ultimate protection. The man has a significant responsibility in watching over his family. He doesn't do it alone. He does it with, as with his helpmate and as they submit one to another is what scripture says. But a watchman identifies dangers and enemies and moves towards them before they can ever reach his family. They, 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 they deal with seen dangers. They deal with unseen dangers, which are spiritual dangers. The man is the one out front. He's the one that trouble hits as the, as the head. If storm's coming and the wind's blowing, listen, if you tuck be, be, behind a house, you're not going to feel the brunt of the storm because... Because 
The cover of the house is the one that takes the brunt. Many times families don't understand what the man feels and faces. That's why the enemy is after masculinity in men in our world. Listen, all of us can know this. I remember growing up, if you don't realize what what the brunt of things that a father carries, just wait till he goes out of town. Then everything in the house breaks down. Johnny goes crazy. That's what happens, right? Another unseen burden that they carry is the burden, really, of responsibility. Or they carry things that they can't really even share because they don't, put, they don't want to put stress on the family. So they carry it. Fathers, you are the watchman over your home. And I want to thank you for being watchmen. I want to thank you. Thank you. From God's example to us, men and fathers, another thing that God's call is on our life is this. You are called to be an advocate for your family. First John 2 says this, my dear children, I write this to you that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. What's an advocate? What, what, one, what's this example? Basically what this means for us spiritually is that in spite of our sins, in spite of our flaws, in spite of our own brokenness, it, we fall short. God is for us and he's made a way for us through his son, Jesus Christ. As a father, your families, we are, we are to be advocates of our families. Fathers, you are to be there for your family, lifting them up, being an advocate for them. Raising them to places that took you years to get to, but you bring them with you because you're their advocate. God did that for us. That's why it says out of Ephesians 2, it says this, for he, God, raises from the dead. So nothing, we had nothing to offer God and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Because Jesus became our advocate and set us in spiritual places that we can never go. As a father, your job is to lift your kids and set them in places with you that took you maybe your whole life to get there. An advocate is someone who functions to make a way for other people. God gave us gifts and talents, not just for us. He gave us gifts and talents so we could be an advocate. God gave you gifts and talents so it's not so that you can look good. He gave you gifts and talents so he can, you can make your family look good and hold them up. God himself went out of his way to affirm his own son as Jesus was baptized, came out of the water. Scripture says that God, a voice came from heaven and said, This is my son, whom I am well pleased. As fathers... We're called to affirm our children, encourage them, remind them of who they are. Tell them you're proud of them. I often tell my kids, my desire is that they reach places in their relationship with God that I haven't. I want them to know God in a way I never have. I want them to hear the whisper of his voice. I want them to know what his presence is like. I want them to be anchored, and I want them to go further than I ever did. So for us as fathers, may God help us through his grace, be watchmen and advocates for our children to go further and be better than we ever were. So men, fathers, thank you for being advocates. Can we give our fathers a hand today?
The next biblical call of God on your life as men is number three. You're called to be a provider. Now, immediately when you first see this, you think of money. But that's not just what I'm talking about. But it is the nature of God that he's a provider to us. Out of 1 Timothy 6, it says this, God who richly provides us everything for our enjoyment. He's a provider. Man was created in God's very image, the very DNA, the very nature of God that he provides for us. That's why one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. So who we are as men and the depth of who we were, how we were formed, our DNA, is to provide for those within our care. It's our nature. That means we provide wisdom where it's needed. We provide counsel. We provide friendship. We provide leadership. We provide protection and safety, insight, perspective, love, comfort, attention, reconciliation, assurance, truth, spiritual leadership. We're to be providers for those within our care. He provides substance, the man of God does, to the family because, it, because he is in it and he adds to your life. That is what a provider is. Listen, it doesn't matter who makes the most money. The call of God as a provider is to provide whatever is needed when it's presented to you. It could be money. It could be Kindness, it could be love, it could be forgiveness, it could be discipline. But he's called to be a provider. Fathers, thank you for being providers. I want to honor you today and give thanks to God. Also, hang on, I want you to know this. I know that a message like this can make you feel inadequate. I want you to reject that in the name of Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to show you not where he's condemning you, but where he's inviting you to go into the future for the sake of your families. So, fathers, thank you for providing. Amen. Come on. Another call of God for the man of God is number four. You are called to be priest in your home. Called to be priest in your home. The role of the priest in the Bible was to go before God on behalf of his family, on behalf of the people. So they would go and they would, they would, they would offer prayers and worship. Hebrews 9 talks about the high priest who enters the room and he offers, as Scripture says, and he offered for himself and for the sins of the people that had committed that they had committed in ignorance that's the priest you go before God to offer before God on behalf of the people fathers you are a priest in your home now fathers this is something i was studying this week something for you to remember you are not the only priest in your home but you are a priest if you're married to a believer then you are actually both priests. You're to be priest of the home together. Your wife is a priest according to 1 Peter 2. You also, like Livingstone, this is speaking to every believer, are being built into a spiritual house to a holy priesthood. Look, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So you may not be the only one, but you are a priest. And this is the role of a father is to be a priest. As a godly man, we can go before God, and this means a prayer life. This means you, you, are, you are aware of God, and you're talking to him, and you're asking him to, to, to give you insight and counsel. Doesn't mean you walk around, you know, all the time, just, you know, 
bobbing up and down and praying. No, it just means you're aware. It means you're, you're engaging with God in conversation as you're driving. It, it could mean a time in the morning you set aside, Lord, I just, here I am today. I just pray that you would lead me and guide me and help me to be the man you've called me to be. But part of this is us understanding the weight of men. You can't carry the weight of what God's called you to carry on your own. You have to have the grace of God. You can't be the man of God without God. And so God wants you to walk it out. He wants you to be the man. He wants you to, 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 to submit yourself to Jesus Christ. He wants you to say, I can't do this, but you've called me to do it. And because you believe I can do it, I'm asking you to give me the strength to do it. God wants to engage with you. He wants to know you. He wants you to tell you his secrets. And you'll never hear a secret when you're further away. God never shouts his secrets. He whispers them. And you have to be close enough to hear them. The way to a pure family is through prayer. For me, as I pray for my kids, I don't pray for them as their pastor. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't engage with them as their pastor. I pray for them from the higher calling on my life that is their father. I'm a priest in my home and I come to God on behalf of my family. It's, 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 I'm discerning to what, what they're going through. I'm, I'm aware. Listen, Cheryl and I have faced some, some times in our families, just I know like some of you guys have, where there's a sense like you know, like, hang on, something's not right. There's, a, there's something going on here. There was a, there was a season, we, there was this, some, we felt this stress and strain in our home. Our kids were struggling with nightmares and, and, all, and there was tension between Cheryl and I. And we're like, time out, what in the world's going on? And I remember me understanding, hang on a minute, I'm a priest in this home. Hang on a minute, God is my head and I'm under him. And a man under authority is a man with authority. So I began just leaning into this. I remember one night I said, enough is enough. And there was this outrage, this violation in my spirit. I thought this, man, you can mess with me, but don't you come and mess with my kids. Don't you come and mess with my, my wife. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. I am, I am a priest in this home. Stop meddling in my home. Let me remind you, Satan, who I am. I am a son of God. I am a son that's been saved by the blood of Jesus. He is the head of me, and you need to leave right now. That is what a priest can do. And so... Men, God sets you over your home as an authority to operate as a man under authority. And you have authority by coming under God and having a relationship with him through prayer and engagement and awareness with him. A man walking in spiritual authority, let me tell you, is a man with a prayer life. And the fifth thing that God's called on men not just men, but particularly today, I want to remind the men and fathers, you have a call to be a prophet. Well, Jason, I'm not, what do you mean I'm not a prophet? I, I've never called down fire on the prophets of Baal ever in my life. That's not, that, listen to what I'm saying. A prophet, what's the role of a prophet? A prophet proclaims the word of God to and over individuals. This goes the same for a father. God calls us as fathers to do our best to always have his perspective 
And as we get his perspective to proclaim his perspective over a certain situation, our responsibility is to speak God's truth and purpose and destiny over our families, to proclaim it, to set things in motion by what we speak and what we say. And when our kids are struggling, our job is to see past all their mess and call them to the place of who God sees them, to remind them about who they are. Listen, you, sweetheart, you may have failed, but you're not a failure. God has a plan for you. Listen, you, yes, you, you're kind of going a little crazy right now. You're not acting like the person that I know God's called you to be. So the, we call them to another place. Listen, babe, everybody else might have given up on you, but let me remind you, I haven't given up on you. You have a bright future, and if you'll pick yourself up and submit yourself to God, you and me will walk this out together because I can't wait to see what God's going to do with you. That's what a prophet does. He speaks past all of the noise, all of the fray. He speaks past the lies that your family are listening to. It speaks past the, the, the things that someone said at school to, to your child that has, has got them down and depressed. A prophet says, enough is enough. I'm not having that. That's a lie. Don't believe it. Come here. Let me tell you what God says about you. The enemy is bringing confusion in our world, in our family. And it's and the call on fathers and men is to bring clarity with the truth of God's word. There's this incredible story of a father who did just this. He became a prophet to his family. Out of Genesis 35, Rachel and Jacob are having a child. After very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, don't be afraid, you have another son. Now Rachel was about to die. So with her last breath, she named the baby Ben-Onai, which means son of my sorrow. So the whole, what she, she was responding out of pain, and she named. Now, now listen, names are powerful, especially in these days. Names many times set the trajectory of the, the destiny of that child. So basically she said, you're going to be painful. You're going to cause pain, and you're going to be in pain. So that was, that's, that's what he was set up. But listen to the prophet or the father who understood. The baby's father, however, Jacob, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So here are the different son of my sorrow. Jacob says, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. This is son of my right hand. It was Jacob that stepped in as a prophet and said, I won't allow this tragedy to dictate the future of my son or his generations. And he declared life for the future of that child. And God honored it and God brought life and blessing to Benjamin. This is what God's called us. And the truth is today, many voices that speak over us. For many of us in this room, you've had things spoken over you by your father, by people that have told you what you're not, constantly remind you what you, what. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You're the wrong weight, too skinny, too fat. You've, you've just had that spoken over you. And you, you have been shaped to believe that you're something that you are not. 
I want you to know something today. God sees you as the apple of his eye. He is thrilled every time that you walk in a room and speak his name. He has called you. He's placed his hand on you. You have a purpose. You have a call. God wants to lift you to a new place because he's the perfect father that mitigates and cuts away anything that's ever been spoken over you that is not his will or his purpose. That's why you need to know. Don't listen to the voices of the world or of the enemy telling you what a real woman looks like, telling you what a real man looks like, telling you what people who are really healthy about, telling you what how people's sex life should be or how much. They, listen, forget all of that. God calls you to a place that sets you on a rock. And that rock you can stand and be everything that God's called you to be because he is God. You are called of God. You have a purpose. You have a plan. I don't care how far you have drifted from God. He is the God of second and third and fourth chances. I don't care if you've stumbled and fallen and you're still wallowing in your sin. God says, son, get up. I've called you to be a man. I've called you to be a father. Daughter, get up. I've called you. Come on, let's walk this road because I've got you. I will carry you. When you're weak, I am strong. When you're faithless, I will have your faith. I've got you. Listen to me. This is what God says to us today God is God is listen the reminder God is your prophet what he says is for you God is your priest where he we have an intercessor Jesus Christ intercedes for you what scripture says he's your advocate you have a provider in God. You have a watchman on the walls of your life that if you listen to him he will say hey listen back off I got this one you need to know your heavenly Father today, no, no matter where you are, no matter what you've walked through, He sees things in you you don't see yourself. And He invites you to trust Him and trust His Word over what you believe about yourself, what people have spoken over you, and what the world tells you you're to be. You need to know that today, that the Father of your life and the God of the universe says, I will dictate and tell you who you are. I have paid every price that's necessary for you to have freedom. I will give you the grace and the strength to walk out who I've called you to be. And for you men and for you fathers today, as you've taken evaluation, the fact is this, we all go, "Ah, I can't do that. Let me tell you something. You're right. You can't. But in Christ Jesus, a man submitted to authority, you can be who God's called you to be. You can be the blessing to your family. And you might be here today and say, you know, Jason, I, 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 I've gone too far. I made too many mistakes. You might think, I, I've tried before, Jason. I just keep falling. I keep stumbling. I, I, listen, listen. It starts with asking God to renew your heart. Renew your heart. Give you a new heart. Scripture says that the, out of the abundance of our mouth, abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of our heart, our our actions also are are led. And so we're trying to change our actions. The first thing that you need to do is ask God to change your heart. This isn't about you being strong. This is about you acknowledging you are weak. And you can't do it alone. 
God says in his word that he resists the proud, but those who are humble, he will lift you up in due time. God's inviting us men to humble ourselves before him, to ask him to give us wisdom, to renew our hearts that have drifted too far for too many times. Today is the day that we draw a line and we say, God, no more. I'm no longer going to compromise. I'm no longer going to glance at porn here and there. I'm no longer going to drink too much. I'm no longer going to engage with the world and, and how they talk and how they, how they live their lives. I'm no longer going to be that man. I'm going to be the man of God you've called me to be. Amen? Amen. I'd like to take a moment and pray over our men in this room. If you're a man, could you just stand to your feet? Just stand right where you are if you're a man, no matter what your age is. If you're a dude, stand up. I want you to know I'm, I'm honored to be a man among you. Many of you I look up to and admire deeply. But what I do know is that God wants to bless you. What I do know is that God wants to lift you today. What I do know that God wants to meet you and speak to you. So if you can, if you're a man today, as an act of receiving from God, could you just lift your hands just like this? And of those of you who are around these men, can you just extend your hands towards them just, just as an act of faith? Lord, there are men in this room today that you are cutting to the heart of who they are. Not to condemn them, but to remind them of who they are. And to remind them of the men that you are inviting them to be. But Lord, with your invitations, always come your strength and your power to do what you're inviting us to do. So Lord, today, we as the men of this house, individually, corporately, we submit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. We commit our hearts to you today fresh and anew. And we acknowledge that we need a renewed heart to be able to live and function from that renewed heart that has come from you. So Lord, renew our hearts today. Speak to us today. God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I, I give you my desires. I give you the things that I always come up short with. And today, I lay myself at your feet and ask you to transform me and change me. And also in that same breath today, I stand up as a man. Just as I'm standing on the outside, I'm standing up on the inside to be a man. I'm going to stand and be what you called me to be. I'm going to stand in the midst of storms. I'm going to stand when temptation comes my way. I'm going to stand because you've called me to be a man that stands in the face of adversity, in the face of spiritual opposition, in the face of my own pride. I stand today acknowledging that I need you. God, this day forward, I ask you that you would help me to be a man 
that watches over my family. You'd help me to be a man that's an advocate for them. You'd help me to be a man that's a provider of substance. You'd help me to be a man that's a priest that cultivates a relationship with you. You would help me to be a man that's a prophet that speaks truth where it's needed. In Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. Can we give our dads one more hands today? Come on, we love you. Listen, if we can, let's all stand to our feet. And just, I want to honor the work of God. I want to honor the purpose of God, which is to seek and save the lost. I'm just going to ask if you just bow your heads in, a, in this whole room. If you're joining us online, I want you to take note of this moment. If you're here in this room and you realize that you don't know Jesus Christ, you, do, you don't know Him, you've never asked Him, or even you've strayed far away from Him, and you want to assure that you are saved and you want to give your life to Jesus today, nobody's looking around. I'm going to ask you right now to raise your hand. If you're joining us online, raise it there. If you're joining here, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Just leave your hands up. Nobody's looking. Leave your hands up. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. God bless you. If you've raised your hand here or you join us online, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says if you believe it and proclaim it, that you will be saved. And we're going to pray it with you because we love you. Because we've prayed it ourselves at some point. And so let's all pray together with those who are praying this from the bottom of their heart. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead for me. I believe that you're the Son of God. And I put my trust in you today. Come into my life. Cleanse me of my sins. Give me a new start. And from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you with your help. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand today. Amen. Listen, if you gave your life to Jesus today, very, very important. You hear what I'm about to say. I want you to text SAVED to the number that's on the screen. I want you to text SAVED. So it's, it's, it's there with you online. It's on the screens as well. I just want you to text SAVED. And so we will help you and tell you what that next step is for you. I don't want you to miss this opportunity.